be doing a talk and we'll go off. Alright, well, what should we talk about tonight? Should we change topic? The bondage to self, to self, yes. Well, if you listen to that word, bondage to self, in that point of view, it's got to, it seems to be something else and then self, yeah? For some bondage to occur, there has to be two things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the bondage to self. So please relieve us of the bondage to self. So us would be something other than self, yes? So what's self? Self, to me, I like this definition. It's a feeling. It's a, it's like a thought with a, with a feeling around it, yeah? A feeling of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. That's a workable, nice definition. It's, it's the I am is the first claiming. So the mental process recognizes or senses something I would say something is no thing, really. All there is is no thing. And it would, it's first, and it declared, I am. Yeah? So in a way, the mental process declared that it was consciousness. All there is is that spirit. And then, to sort of verify that claim, it said, I am a body. And then the body puts us into time and space, obviously, yeah? Because without a body, you wouldn't be able to think about yourself at some other time and in, in some other space. You would be lost. There would be no thinking. Yeah? The only way the thoughts can get momentum, yes, and sort of like life is if they're obsessing or circling an idea of being a you, a body, somewhere at some time. Yeah? So here I can be right now, and all there is is this sense of on this, you know, presence, if you like to call it, that awareness, you may hear it as a buzz or whatever, but there's something going on, that aliveness, yes, is there, yet the mind, the mental process says, you're what's alive, yeah, and immediately, as soon as it claims life, it says, I was alive then, which is somewhere at some time, and I will be alive then, where it's somewhere at another time. And then the mind just goes off thinking about you somewhere at some time. Yeah? It can be the past or the future, but the whole Pandora box of time opens up with that identification as a body, yes? Because no thingness could not be located in time. But a body, which takes time to see, to acknowledge is a product of time. It's the mind entertaining time, and now the time seems to be affecting the body, but you can see it's all made up, because let's say you're at work, time seems to go really slow. Let's say you're doing something you like, it goes really fast. So it doesn't have a solid uh, quality to itself. We give it the meaning it has, based on where we are. And we can only be somewhere other than here as a body. We can only be somewhere other than now as a body. And if you look at the system of thought that tends to play all day, I like to call it K-Paul or let's say K-Carol, you know, the same old, same old, it's like golden oldie station. You ever go to Mel's Diner 
they constant the poor people that work there must be fucking crazy. You know, Rhonda once again, or you know, run around Sue for the eight hundred times this month. Yeah, they just keep playing the same old, same old tunes. That's what it's like. Yes, it's all about you, you as water body. Yeah. So that to me is the bonding agent. See? There's mind, let's say openness, no thingness. And it's become identified as a thing. That, and the bonding agent is the daily narrative. Yes? The mind broadcasting what's life like about uh, concerning you. You as a body. Yeah? That's the bonding agent. Because it's not a natural bonding. It's very unnatural for no-thingness to take itself to be thingness. And in that taking itself to be thingness, to forget it's no-thingness which it never does, but mine does, yeah? Yes? So it needs an agent, it needs a glue, and it has to be applied all the time, all the time, which is just now. It has to be applied so that the sense of being a self will override the presence of what you're not. I mean, actually, the presence of what you are, which is what you're not as a body, yeah? The presence of what you are is what you're not as a body. If there's an identification as a body, the presence becomes a goal or an object for you, yeah, as the present. And that's why you never find the truth here. Because the truth isn't an object. Truth is not an experience you can have. You can never experience the truth. That's the truth. The truth is you can never experience the truth. Yeah, because it's a no thing. It doesn't have any qualities. It's all there is at all times. Yeah. In, a, in a sense, you're experiencing from the truth every moment. Yeah? This is having an experience. This is an interface with things. Yeah? This thing rubs against other things. It's like this bumper car runs into other bumper cars, and in that running into them, things happen. Yeah? Like, if, like Buddha said, events happen and deeds are done, but there's no individual doer thereof. Yes? So it's not like there's nothing happening here. There's tons of happening here. Manifestation, energy, is just... It's like a giant popcorn maker. Things are happening all the time. But there's no individual doer thereof. That's the little trick, yeah? The mind, the mental process, which is what produces the feeling of being a self. You didn't have it when you were born here. You weren't born here, but let's just... You know what I mean? trying to share with this language. This language is a subjective language used by objects. That's what it is. It's part and parcel of the trance setting here is the language. Yes? The language that's playing in our heads and that we talk all the time about is I did this, I should have done that. It's assuming that you're the doer of all actions here. Yeah? Yet, you and I can't even shit when we want to shit. Yeah? It's incredible, isn't it? You can't even, you're not pumping your blood. You're not like saying, oh, I had this burrito earlier today in the mission. I'm going to put it over here till later. I'm going to get to that burrito. Wait a minute, there's a big line. I had that popsicle earlier and I had the freaking granola. When am I going to get to all this digestion? Yeah? And yet, when a poop happens, yeah, you see it at least, a big poop. And yet, so you feel like it makes sense that I'm the one who did it, yeah? identified as a body, and then you were sitting on something, and boom, and there it is. That's pretty easy. You know, it, sounds, it makes a little sense, yeah? I'm the doer of that. Yeah. I took the shit. 
But, but we, we are up here, and we're actually claiming to be the thinker of thoughts, which is much more subtle than uh, physical debris, so to speak. You know what I mean? <laughs> much more subtle. You can't smell it. Thank God, thoughts. You can't hold it. It's not heavy. You can't put it on a scale. Yes? And yet, we're willing to, which it's obvious we're not the one who's shitting it, but we make a leap and claim the thinking. And we, we take ourselves to be the thinker, yes? Which is a thought in and of itself. So, this idea of selfing and the bonding to it, when selfing arises, it's a mental process. Yes? So this mental process makes up a feeling of being an independent, separate, long-lasting entity. Yeah? That independence, that sense of being that is rooted in the body. And you're seeing the body, but what happens is you feel like you're seeing from the body. But really, what we are is seeing body. Yeah? In, a, in a sense, we say this every, every week. What's happening right now is there's all there is a scene going on. There's like 15 people here seeing me as an object, yes? And I'm looking back at 15, 16 people and I'm seeing them as an object, yes? And, but if you ask who's seeing, you would say, I, I'm seeing, yeah? So there's the scene, and we ask anyone in this room, they'd all have the same answer. Well, who's seeing? You'd go, I'm seeing, yeah? If you came up to me, I'd go, I'm seeing, you would say, I'm seeing. So there's 16 different, 16 scenes going on. If you ask the person there where the scene seems to be arising from, they would go, I'm seeing. Yeah? Yeah. So in fact, 16 different people, but one scene, one eye seeing. Yeah? One eye is seeing out of the 15 different, like let's say, camera positions. Yeah? But if you ask this here, or ask this, well, who is this eye? What would probably be the first answer that this, the mental process, what would it give you? It would say me. Yeah? Now look at, follow this. When I'm looking at this object here, I call it Debbie. Yes? Debbie looks at this object and calls it Paul. Now to me, Debbie's a you. Yeah? I go, hey, I'm looking at you. Yeah? Hey, who are you? I'm looking at you, whatever. Yeah? And to her, I am a you. Yes? This is happening right now. I'm telling you, this is what's going on. So, you, you, yeah? Now, what's the difference between this you and this you? Well, I, you know, not that she's beautiful and I'm ugly and she's a woman out there. Forget all that. This you and this you, yes? The only difference is if I ask, if Shdev asked herself, who is this I? That's the recognition of the scene. She would say it was me, yeah? If I'm asked, who is this I, I would say it's me. And what is a me other than an identified you? My mental process sees this you and calls it me. My mental process, my, there's a, the mental process doesn't see it, but the scene sees this. The mental process says, this is me. It sees that and says, that's you. Yeah, you get it? When all there is is seeing, and all that's being seen are yous. Every one of us is a you. In Dev's world, I'm a you. In my world, she's a you. Yeah? So all there is is I'm seeing, yet when it breaks into you thinking you're the doer and the haver, you become the subject, which makes everyone else an object to you. And the same thing occurs here. 
all of us become an object to you as the subject. You see, you see how all there is is seeing, and then it's partitioned and cut up, and and it makes specific into long-lasting, independent, separate entities. Yeah. So now the fact all we're experiencing right now or sensing is I'm seeing every one of us. Yet the mental interpretation is so incredibly. It's the exact same interpretation except the name that's given. It's either a you or a me. Yeah? The me, it has an incredible amount of interest in. The you, it could care less, really. Yeah? The me becomes the focal point. All the other you's, fuck it, you know? But this me, very, very important. Yeah? So you see, the, one of the first movements of the mental process of selfing is the claim. That's what it does. Its initial claiming is, it's claimed the act of being conscious. It senses the consciousness, because mind reflects, so it reflects, it sees, hey, there's, something's happening. So what it did with that was, well, I'm the one that's conscious. In other words, here it is, consciousness occurring, and then the mental process comes up, arises, which means it's in time, and in that time it says, I'm the one that's conscious. So that's why it doesn't feel like universal seeing. It feels like I'm seeing, but that I represents a me. Yes? But if you notice, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, and even seeing thoughts are prior to the interpretation of your mental process. Have you ever noticed when you have a feeling, and then the mental process says, I don't want to feel that, but you've already felt it. Yes? If I'm looking out the window and a bird flies by, I saw the bird. Now all the opinions about, I didn't want to see that bird, or oh, that bird is, looks like my bird, or whatever, is always afterwards, yeah? So the initial raw data of life is conscious contact. The mental process has claimed that, which is just verbing, and become the noun to it. That's all it's done. It's, it took, which the sense of being a noun is from a verb. I call it selfing. So when the mental process is selfing, because it cannot create a self, it can make one up. In other words, it appears to you, yes? It appears to you, see, but your sense of self, your, your self does not appear to me to be me. It only appears to you to be you, yes? It's like we all have our own little private Idaho, yeah? <laughs> all there is a seeing, but then it's been con just cutting and cutting and cutting and cutting and cutting it up. And so now, conscious contact has been claimed by you, by this, and you become the noun or the subject that's doing that verb. It's unbelievable. What a hijack. It's the biggest robbery of all time. Seriously. Consciousness, the sense of being alive, not as you, but as alive, has been hijacked by the claiming attribute of the mental process, and it has made itself the noun that's doing the seeing, doing the hearing, doing the feeling, doing the tasting, and doing the touching. But if you are the thinker, then stop. Only have good thoughts. Yeah. Let's say if you were running, if someone said stop running, you could stop running, yeah? Unless you had some strange disease like, you know, restless leg syndrome. Maybe you have restless running syndrome. I can't stop myself, but most people, hey, stop running, you can stop running. Try it with thinking, see how you do. 
Obviously, you, there's no thinker. The feeling of being a thinker is what I call selfing. It sets up a relationship, making you an imaginary subject, and everything else becomes an object. Yes? So now thoughts are seen to be my thoughts. And the weight of a thought is a lot different than when it's my thought. Yeah? I have totally immune, a total immunity to your thoughts. You could come over to my house and tell me the worst horrific thing that ever happened to you, and I may have a little bit of empathy for you, but I'm not going to have the experience of what you're having. I'm just not. It's impossible. Yeah? I have a built-in immunity to the thoughts that are appearing in your head. But the same thoughts, if they were appearing in my head, and my relationship to them was, I'm the thinker of them, or they're about me, would have a huge impact, unbelievably huge impact. It, those thoughts, that thought that has no effect when I see it in your head, can paralyze me here if I see it as my thought. Yeah? So obviously, the thought doesn't have the juice. You have the juice. The sense of you is an incredible energy here. It's like the mind gives meaning to things. The biggest meaning it could give anything is that it's you. It's the biggest one. It's bigger than giving the meaning of something to be God. You're the bigger God. You play God with the idea of God. You're the one that says if you're getting close to God or you're far away from God. I heard people yesterday, they say, I have a God, I have a God, I have a God. In fact, if you want to use the word God, God has you. Yeah? If you have a God, you're not going to have a God. And you're not going to have a God, or having a God will be based on you, which is you're the bigger God, yeah? If you're the one who d declares if you have or don't have a God, I would say you're the bigger God in that deal, yeah? But if God has you, and you can entertain that it has, it, uh, has a timeless nature, then your situation, your solution is complete. It has nothing to do with time or space. So you don't have it, therefore you can't lose it. Yeah? You didn't achieve it, so you can't fuck it up. It's always available at all times. This is what produces a great relaxation here. A relief you can never have as a self. You can get 20 massages in Thailand, and you won't even get close to the relaxation that comes when the idea of being a self is somewhat dropped. Yes? Now, who is it that's dropping it? There is no who that's dropping it. There's just the dropping of it. Like we were talking earlier. We're in... We are adept practitioners of the yoga of self. You know yoga? Yeah. We have all the asanas, all the postures. We have. We know exactly how to hold them. Yes. And so every time we're entertaining, it's like this: if the mind's ability is to entertain, if it entertains that it's a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, every moment from that point when it entertains, it entertains everything as a self. So the, the belief system, the program, the modality of self-centeredness defines the ability to entertain. So you can't entertain that you're okay now. You entertain that you will be okay later. Yeah? We're still entertaining the same old possibilities. Some fairy princess is going to save me or some knight in shining armor is going to save the woman. It's an incessant, we've gone over every inch of self-centeredness. We've tried every possibility, and all we're doing is rehashing it over and over again. Instead of this fairy princess called Sue, the other one was called Mary. And that gives it a sense that it's different. But in fact, it isn't different. It's the same thing. I'm pitting all my hopes on some outside source to save me. Yeah? 
But the point is, you can't be saved here. Because you're unsavable. You've never been lost. Yeah? That's the beauty. The beauty of the message is, the only solution to an imaginary problem is recognizing it's imaginary. Yeah? What more would you have to do if you realize it's imaginary? What more? There's no more steps to follow after that. If, if you keep applying solutions to the imaginary problem, that's a big freaking problem. Yeah? That to me is called selfing or playing God. Yeah? But the wisdom of no escape is to realize there's nothing to escape from. Yeah? If you think you have to escape from somewhere, even if you believe you escaped, you have a return ticket back to that place where you were bound. Because this place is defined dualistically. There is no forever after peace here. There's peace and chaos. That's how it goes. There's close and far. It can't be any other way. You cannot, no matter how many times you cut a coin, it's still going to have two sides. Yeah? And our system of thought is so archaic. It's that binary system. It's yes, no, high, low. It's not, it doesn't even have a, it's not even like a multiple choice question. It's yes, no, high, low, connected, disconnected. I'm doing good, I'm doing bad. It just goes on and on and on and on and on. Just ripping like crazy. <laughs> I don't want to try to... T- <laughs> I don't want that to be rehabilitated. I don't want to get it esteem. I just want to recognize it's not me. Yeah? In the recognition, it's not me. That's me. What I am is seen. Yeah? The incessant act of seeing is what I am. There's no way I can ever get a bead of what I am, because I'm constantly moving, in a sense. The act of seeing is my noun, in a sense. I'm like the perfect verb. The perfect verb. Because all there is is seeing. There's never a break. It never blinks. It never takes a breath. It never looks the other way. There's just incessant seeing. And in that, it becomes the truest noun of all. Yeah? Because the true state the true space is verbing. So that's the bondage to self. Major movement is claiming, for sure. Yes? You can see it. It's, how do you feel about the body? My body. Yeah? Why does it that the sound of thoughts in your head have your voice? Why would you even say it's your voice if it comes from a body? Because you're identified as that body as you, so the sound of this body, we call it my, my voice. You can't see the act of being identified. It's constantly demonstrating itself. All day, we're living the identification. We're verbing in the mental process. It says it in recovery. Being convinced that... So, I haven't visited this in a while, I know. Being convinced, which means to believe with certainty, that self... Manifested in various ways. Manifested means appeared, yes? Appeared or showed up, whatever. Yeah? So being convinced that self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. Yeah? We are now going to look at its, meaning self's, common manifestations in our life. The next paragraph says resentment is the number one offender. So we launch off into the inventory process. 
where most people think they're doing an inventory on their fears, their resentments, and their harming other people. But if you want to look at it in a different way, it may produce a different result. I'm saying the resentments and fears and all these other qualities or expressions, there's lots of them. If you ever look at the uh, dictionary, look at the word self, there'll be a hyphen and there'll be a hundred and something adjectives after it. Those are some of the expressions of self. If you look at spirit, there's just one word. (laughs) But self has hundreds of manifestations, yes? It's a mental... So, being convinced that self manifests in all these ways, why is it be this? We will now look at its self's common manifestations. Resentment is the, is the, is the first one we look at. Now, if someone shares a resentment, they call it my resentment. You don't see that as the identification of self? So, here we are sitting, looking and trying to discuss a solution, and yet how we hold the solution is part and parcel of the problem. We're actually claiming the thing we're trying to talk about as a topic to get free from, but while we're talking about it, we're expressing its control and takeover. It's mind-boggling. Yeah? So, the way I look at it is self is like a modality. Yes? Let's call self-centeredness. It's a system of thought and interpretation which produces mental states which project into a world. Yes? So, all the mental states that you and I are experiencing here, while identifying a state, are framed by the identification of self. Every one of them is framed by that first one, yeah? That frame allows all the mental states to appear to be the way they are. To who? You, which is the self, yeah? So, here, when I see fear, fear is an expression of selfing. It is not your fear. When it says your, when there's a statement from where you are and you call it your fear, you've just demonstrated the completeness of the identification with self. Yeah? You've claimed a movement which was initiated by self-centeredness moving through and you claim to be the doer of it. That is the bondage to self. No matter how much you study self, if you're identified as self, all self-knowledge will avail you nothing because inherently, you are free. But we take ourselves to be a self which is, makes us want to be free because we have a, we've made bondage a reality. We've made bondage to self as our reality. For me, it's not about breaking the bondage, it's seeing you're not a self. That's it. When you see that I'm not that, that's the freedom. From what? The bondage to self. So then the verb goes on without all these nouns being inserted. With you as the primary noun. (laughs) And what happens to me, it translates here as a traveling lighter. In other words, you travel lighter through the experiences that occur here with you as a body. It's sort of like this dog that was shitting everywhere, that's really big, that has the run of your house, that you have to feed it massive amounts of food, clean up after it, bites people, it's constantly, you know... It's a full-time job. The dog has gone asleep. Yeah? When the dog's asleep, you got the run of the house. Your life goes nicer, in a sense. Yeah? You can travel lighter here. You, have, you actually live in a pause. Yeah? Instead of living in a reactionary state all the time, where all you are is on a consequential level. You're like in that hallway of shit and fans, and, 
Basically, the only time you know the shit hit the fan is when it's on your face. That's very bad. Low, that's very slow time. You know what I mean? What we're trying to do is tell the truth, which everyone is trying to do. They're trying to learn about self, let's say. Tell the truth about selfing, which turns the fan on and, and aligns the shit with it, and then puts you a face. And go, What's happening? You know? We're trying to learn that, but but question, while we're learning that, bring it back to, I'm not that. Yes? I am not that sense of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. Then that knowledge about self will free you. But if knowledge is being claimed by self, it will be a way to be bonded once again. But if you can entertain, I'm not a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, by learning or seeing what you're not, that's the freedom. Because you get the sense of the seeing is what I am. Yeah? So what you used to call you and all these expressions of you, if you're not that, what you are is the seeing of that. Yeah? That's the freedom. That's when, instead of your light and your camera starting here, it shifts, and then you're part and parcel of this as the content. And you have the sense of what's contextual. Yes? That sense is presence. It doesn't mean it has no quality of being past or future, because there's no past or future. It's made up, but it's presence. So every now that we call a now, I, I, every now that we call a now in time is that eternal now, actually. Yeah, the feeling eight years ago when you were somewhere, someplace, is the exact same basic moment now. The exact same energy. It's been in every moment that we have partitioned up into time. It's just one seamless state, yes, of onness until you pass away and there'll be no one to know that you're gone. And there'll be no one to know that you were ever here.
one time, a couple of times, maybe the sense of being an authentic self will be real, revealed not to be true. And maybe you'll see the principle that there's never going to be an authentic self and a lot of time will be saved here. If not, you'll be assuming, oh, I'm really seeing what's happening and assuming that you're real seeing what's happening and then the lens will open up and you'll be in the content once again. And this can never, never leave the content. <laughs> never. Never. Yeah? But the seeing is not from the content. The seeing is not a part of the content. Yes? The seeing is contextual. The seeing is not of time nor of space because it has no thingness. It doesn't have any quality to be seen. And it, and it always takes time to see something. It doesn't have any of that. It's right now. It's pressing against us and not us constantly. It's almost, you ever see, like, we always talk about this with gravity. How many people did you see in the cafe complaining about gravity, the effects of gravity today? Did you hear anyone going, hey, gravity was really pushing heavy on my shoulder today. How about you? Are you having a good day with gravity? It's really been heavy on me lately. You know? No one says a damn freaking thing about gravity. Yet, the body is constantly under the influence of gravity all the time. That's why it doesn't see it, because it's all the time. Yeah? Unless you get put in an anti-gravity state, then you would realize you would know gravity by its absence. Yes? That's the same thing. You know the sense of presence by your absence. While you're present, waiting to get it, that's its absence. It's, it has no real absence. All it is is presence. But it can appear to be absent to you when you're super present as this. Yeah? So you know this force by this absence. And we have free samples all day. All day there's moments when you're not engaged. There's a freedom from that. Yes? And there's a free sample. But the, the mental process will arise, claim it as an experience, and just drive over it like a speed bump on its little self-centered way. <coughs> That's the beautiful thing is if that does occur and you're a little conscious of it, honor it, yeah? Build like a mobile temple right there and then. Really entertain what that was, or actually what it wasn't. You know, honor the pores, and then the pores will become more obvious to you. I did it this weekend, yeah, as a story. I got run over, I got hit by a car. hope this guy never, I better, I'll just record it. I got hit by a car at the back of my... I got hit by this car and uh, backed into me, yes? And so I got out. It was a Porsche and everything. Really nice looking car. And so I got my like, stuff out and, uh, and he didn't have insurance with him. And he didn't, have a li- he didn't have his license and he didn't have license plates on the car. So what I said to myself was... Uh, I said, well, you know, I wouldn't like this to happen to me. He's going to get in trouble. So I said, okay, listen, call me up tonight with the insurance. But he didn't have it. He had to buy some late that night or something or whatever. And so then he called me up, and I, I understood his situation. So I said, okay, I'll say it happened on Tuesday yeah, when it was Sunday. So I didn't feel that much about it. I used to lie like crazy. <laughs> you know, it didn't seem like a big deal. But then I called up the insurance, his insurance, and I got totally engaged with him and them. Like way too much, you know. 
Geico is sending me emails, calling me. He's on the phone with me like 12 times. I don't even know the guy. I'm having like a personal relationship with him. <laughs> and so, so I said, I said, they call me. They go, all right, describe what happened. And I had them check my card. And uh, I described it. I said, well, we're going to record this. And when they said they're going to record it, I felt this thing. I had it felt in a long time in my gut, yeah? Like a signal. Hey, something's unkosher here. So I said, no, I'm not going to record it. I'm going to talk to my agent, you know? And I just put it down, and I was with my friend, and that was the end of Friday, and I just was in a pause for the weekend. I said, I'll just see what happens. I'm just going to let things go on. I'm not even going to get into it till Sunday night, and then I'll see what downloads. So Sunday night, I was just there, and I got a download. And the download was, I called the guy up, and I said, listen, man, this lie is geometrically progressing already. I'm now, they're going to have an investigation, Geico, um, they're calling me a lot and emailing me, and every I'm going to have to keep relying, and I don't particularly like this feeling, so I'm going to say, let's do something else. So I said, listen. And we did a talk, and I, you know, he came to my senses, and I said, listen, I'm going to call them and say I settled with you. Yeah? Because I'm not that hurt. I wasn't hurt. My car really didn't get much damage. And so let's drop it. So this morning we dropped it and everything, and it was a nice ease came over me. And he doesn't have any money to give me, but he can... He's a bicycle repairman, and so I have an old bike, but it's too, the frame's too small for me. So I said, listen, build me a new bike. Take the parts off my bike, put it on. He had a frame that fits, because he's 6'1", just like me. Put on a new frame, and, you know, this will be part of the payment. So I'll end up getting a bike, yeah, that works. And then he gets off the hook, because he was going to, you know, he could have gotten in a lot of trouble. And you know what I mean? It just worked out beautifully. The pause was so beautiful because what happens is it allows, because this thing is like a one-shoot uh, idea, <laughs> you know, just drop, like, let's do this fast and try to get the most out of it as possible. We call it a lifeline of self-will. It usually fails miserably, yeah? But when the pause occurs, it opens that shoot up and you can pick up different information. Yeah? And so something that you would have jackpotted yourself with at a time as an action figure, you don't. Yes? So, and I don't care about the car or the money. What I care about is I don't want to be involved with Geico every day of the month. And I don't want to, I don't want to become personally, you know, with this guy. I want to go with my, my mind. You know what I mean? And now it's done like that. My accountant up there can say, well, you've lost money, but who gives a shit? I'm taking care of you. But the peace to me is valuable. The peace is beautiful. The value of that dog being asleep is worth more than anything I can get over on here. Yeah? Oh, so nice. So The pause is a possibility. We have ways of producing it, in a sense, in recovery. But the point is, when you get a sense of what a pause is, that sense of, like, a timeless moment in what we call time, that, that is an incredible portal. Incredible portal. So much download occurs in a pause. Tons of downloading. Not from a self-centered system. From a system other than self. Yeah. Yeah. The qualities. So this is what's on offer. If you can see the root of the problem, see, if you actually know if you have a cold and you think and you take a lot of cold medicine, spend a lot of money getting, getting cold medicine, and you follow the directions religiously, you'll get a little relief because a flu and a cold have 
common symptoms, but you're not going to get a radical relief. Why? Because you're misdiagnosed. You don't have a cold. You have the flu. I don't believe it's obsessing over self as the root of the problem. It's identification as self. Yeah? There isn't you that's identified as self. The identification as self sense, makes up a sense of being a you. So when you look at identification as self, you'll say, I am identified as self. That's selfing. See? That's the exact... That, see? When the cause is looked at as, a, as an effect that you're having, that's selfing. You're the one that feels like they're identified as self. That's selfing. That feeling of being the one that's identified as self. Or the one that's not identified as self. They're both selfing. Yeah? And you know what I mean? It's like taking one more step back on the dance floor, and there's a whole other board game. One more step back. Most of us don't go there. We still stay on the board, identified as self. Yeah? But there's one more step back. What's appearing to be identified and what's appearing and having experience of not being identified is selfing. There's a much... Uh, it's not defined by time. Solution. Yeah? So no matter what your head portrays you as or what proclamation it puts out on its service you know, station, there's not a belief in it. And so the immunity to that is the recognition I'm not that. Yeah. If not, if you take yourself to be the subject, peace and freedom will be an object to you. And because of you as the subject being defined dualistically, you will lose that peace and you will lose that freedom. You'll have to. It has to be a, a dualistic state. Having, losing, having, losing, having, losing. And all of the having and losing will be based on you, which is the act of playing God by selfing. Yes? It's playing God with what we call God. Check it out. It's making God an experience that you'll have, or a topic that you'll know. When <laughs> I mean, what a sense of arrogance that is. When you can't even take a shit when you want. You're just playing God with God. You're not that, is you? So, any questions then? And no matter what your head is doing about it, when you leave, that's the selfing. This message is not something to look at as if it's an object. It's an invitation to hopefully deliver it in an energetic manner that will go where it's going to go. I have total confidence in it. You don't have to help it along by thinking about it. Seriously. <laughs> please. I really want to know this. No, please, don't. Don't really want to know it, please. If you really want to know it, your mind's going to give it a lot of meaning, and that meaning is going to bond you to the idea of what you think truth is. Yes. This is really, you lose the need to be liberated. It's really, you lose total interest in getting out of here. You do. And that's really being out of here. When you lose interest in trying to get out of here, that's truly being out of here. Being out of here is total acceptance of being in here. That's how you get out of here. You don't get out of here by trying to transcend this place. No way, because you make it real by wanting to transcend it. You know? If you see it as an imaginary problem, that's that. There's nothing more to do. It's just like what's not happening. If you realize your head is producing a scenario of what's not happening, if you see that, it loses all its effect on you. Because why? It's not happening. <laughs> I mean, it's so beautifully clean. Yeah? It doesn't... 
there's no nothing to do after you recognize it's not happening, unless you're making clothes or you know shopping. Then you do, you're doing exactly what you've been doing. Yeah. So, any questions today? It's a nice space in here. I remember this. I think they used to have like when people died. This is where they used to have the casket. So hopefully, everyone is already dead. I hope. Oh yeah, no, I'm wishing a couple of you were dead, yes. <laughs> yes. It's like you'll die to yourself and you'll be reborn. Let me uh, pass the basket. Oh yeah.